Welcome to episode number 85 of the Inspirational Athletes Podcast here on the Oys Lancaster Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Walk, sports reporter for LNP Newspaper and LancasterOnline.com, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. On this week's show is guest Elizabeth Wanger, who uh, is coming off an incredible women's soccer career with the Georgetown University Hoyas program. Just last season, 2017, she was named the Big East Defensive Player of the Year. Um, had a really fantastic conversation just as far as... Uh, Liz coming through um, Warwick, uh, where she graduated from, how she juggled both field hockey and club soccer in her last couple of years as a student athlete at Warwick um, and just kind of juggling that crazy, hectic schedule and what she got out of field hockey, being a multi-sport athlete and how it benefits her on the soccer field and kind of getting getting into the intricacies of being a college defender um, and what that entails both on and off the field and the communication involved and what she's up to now. Um, after she wrapped up her career, she was drafted uh, in the second round of the college draft of the NWSL, and then the team she was drafted by ended up folding. She was picked up by another team, and now she's about to head out to a pro career overseas in Switzerland. So we chat about all that. I think it's a really enjoyable conversation. One last programming note before we move forward here. If you guys like what you hear, feel free to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play by searching Always Lancaster Inspirational Athletes. All right, with all that out of the way, on to our conversation with Elizabeth Wanger. Enjoy. Yeah, I kind of want to start as far as like the upbringing. Um, Youngest of three kids? Yep. Um, older brother Jonathan, older brother Andrew. Obviously, Jonathan and Andrew are pretty good soccer. For those unfamiliar, Jonathan went on to play soccer at Elon. Andrew, obviously, the uh, standout career at Duke is now in MLS with the Houston Dynamo. Um, I guess the, the obvious choice there was soccer. Did you kind of like your brother, older brothers were always playing it and they stuck you in goal or something like that? The, no, I wasn't okay. stuck in goal. <laughs> I was usually chasing after them, trying to get the ball, and they were just playing with me okay um it I guess I just went along to so many soccer games that I was like mom dad let me try this myself let me get on the field touch the ball right and we know you for a defender now but was that always the case did you try all positions when I was like u8 or something when I was still doing rec league I was all over the field but my first um club team PA classics Mm. it started as the first year it was PA Classics was when I started. Um, but my first club coach put me and my younger cousin as the two center backs. And okay. I kind of stayed on defense. Since do we then. know the cousin? Did she do anything special um, that we know her? Uh, do we know the name? Marissa Bertrando. Okay. Uh, I didn't know, like, did she go on to play in college or anything like no. that? No. Okay, I just thought I'd ask. Um, yeah. As far as, uh, before I forget to ask this, you were also a standout field hockey player. Um, and you kind of came along at that time, at least with Warwick anyway, when, um, what was it, soccer was in the spring, girls soccer was in the spring, it went to the fall, you were already playing field hockey, so you had to make that decision between field hockey and soccer, at least for the Warwick school team. How tough of a, a decision was that for you? It definitely was a deliberation. I mean, my first two years, I was able to play both and play club soccer. Um, I guess what it came down to was I still loved field hockey, and mm. I, with having club soccer, I still had the opportunity to play soccer. Um, so I kind of picked the thing where I could right. do both still and not have to give up anything. Um, I did miss playing with my friends from school, but right. 
and ended up earning it's, it's, all league, all county, and all state honors as a field hockey player. Um, forgive me for being ignorant of this because that's the one thing I didn't have time to look up. Did the Warriors end up doing anything special, districts or states or anything? Um, we usually got to the second or first or second like round of districts. 2011-2012? My sophomore year of high school um, when Alyssa Manley and like... Oh, wow. That, that was a great senior She's class. now with the USA Field Hockey yeah. team. <laughs> She's on the list Name of dropping. potential guests, too. I'm, uh, they're, like, playing all over the world right now, so I'm, like, She's waiting for the perfect time to, to get in, in connection with her. Um, yeah, and field hockey, your mom played field hockey at Duke. Mm-hmm. Um, so did. was there any, like, learning lessons from mom, picking up some skills from her? The game has changed so okay. much <laughs> since from when she played. She When I was doing the youth camps when I was younger with um, – Bob Durr at the high school, she was telling me that I could put my hand up and stop the ball, and that is definitely not allowed anymore. You can't use your hands at all. Oh, all right. Um, and one of the things I wanted to kind of bring up while we're on this topic of, of your upbringing, kind of growing up a little bit, obviously the, the youngest of three, two older brothers who are or athletic, so I imagine it's, I don't know, you got to earn your keep um, a little bit. I was just doing my research before we started here, and uh, your older brother Andrew, I guess, was quoted um, a few years ago, just kind of talking about your toughness. Um, and along those lines, there was an instance, I guess, you found yourself in goal, um, went to stop a ball and ran into the goalpost and ended up getting stitches. What happened there? Um, I didn't realize how close I was to the post. And the ball was going out of bounds, but I still did for it, thinking that it was within the frame. And I got 18 stitches. 18. Yep. All right. I was expecting to see. I wonder if there's like a scar somewhere, but I don't see anything. I'm happy you say that because okay. there is. <laughs> is there? All right. I just don't notice where yeah. it's at. Um, and I guess at that instance, though, like you got up and wanted to continue playing before you realized how bad it was. Uh, yeah. I sat there for a second. Like, I was like, okay, well, I'll just hit my head. Um, it wasn't until it's was kind of gross, but blood started <laughs> dropping onto my gloves that I was like, okay, maybe I'll just sit here a little right. longer. Um, and it's interesting because I was like doing all this research about your career, and I'm like, wow, you've been really, really healthy. Um, there hasn't been an instance where like there's just all the massive games um, missing in in your career. And then I was reading. Uh, you broke your elbow when you were a kid, I guess, falling off the swings or something? I jumped. Okay. Yeah, I was with the neighbor. <laughs> we were seeing how high we could jump off the swing. Is that your only broken bone you've had in your life? I mean, I cracked a rib last year. Oh, really? Playing, wow. Yeah. During the but. season? <laughs> and you continued playing. Yeah. How tough was that? It was something to get used to. Like, okay. just realizing that there wasn't much more I could do to hurt How did it. that happen? I took a knee from a girl with a <laughs> with a knee brace. Wow. Yeah. I'm anyone with a knee brace, I shy away from that. Right. Hey, I wanted to ask you too, as you're coming up through high school, we talked about the field hockey part. So you're playing field hockey for Warwick, but you're also it's during the fall season, which if there's people aren't familiar, um, the, the club season for soccer also runs during the, the fall season. So you're juggling <clears throat> excuse me, field hockey and playing club ball for uh, PA classics. Plus, you're going to school. Plus, you have homework. Um, now that you kind of look back on it, like, how were you able to, to do all that in, in, in one semester, I guess, and stay on top of everything? It's almost the kind of thing where I didn't really know any differently. I've always been active in doing a bunch okay. of activities, whether it's Girl Scouts, dance, gymnastics when I was really young, um, soccer, field hockey. There's always been something going on, so to 
have a couple things going on at one time wasn't that bad. My club coach was getting a little frustrated with um, me not going to go, being able to go on some weekend tournament trips right. and me not getting to all the practices during that time. Right. So it, it's almost good that um, the seasons changed. And it's interesting, too, before I forget um, to ask this, just as far as multi-sport athletes, because um, so much, at least today, everybody's specializing in one sport. And I'm kind of curious of your thoughts of maybe how that helped you to field hockey translate to soccer, vice versa. Oh, my goodness, yes. Um, my field vision when I came out of the field hockey season <clears throat> was so much better mm. in soccer. Like where I was passing and connecting passes, my coach always made a comment about it. And then like two <laughs> months later, I'd be back to making stupid passes again, but. Right, um, and that coach for your PA Classics team, Mark Pulisic, um, who obviously his son is now among like one of the best players in the country, if not the world. Um, just kind of walk me through in a nutshell what it was like playing for Mark, how, I don't know, he impacted your career. Um, he became my team's club coach when I was going into high school. So pretty mm. much the four years oh, wow. that I was really finding my own as a player and going through the whole recruiting process, he was there for that. And always a defender for the PA Classics all four years? Yep. And I'm that's where, uh, when does, does Georgetown come into play for you? Um, that would be like my junior year. Okay. Because um, the reason I asked that, as I was doing my research, I wanted to, uh, to bring this up um, now that we're kind of getting to the recruiting aspect of it. On thehoya.com, I don't know what year this story is from, um, said Wanger's path to Georgetown began in 2012 when PA Classics took on a Bethesda team coached by um, Georgetown coach uh, Nolan, who was coaching a Bethesda team, I guess, a, a club team. Nolan, at that point, noticed the tall blonde defender stopping the team's every attack in whom college coaches had not yet discovered. Canceling a December trip to Alabama to see the Georgetown men's team take on Maryland in the Final Four of the college club, Nolan instead braved the York, Pennsylvania cold to watch Liz Wanger dominate a local tournament, when uh, I guess which was called the Early Amish Classic. And uh, Nolan said it was miserable, it's freezing, there's snow coming in sideways. I'm the only college coach there, and I'm thinking either I'm an idiot that everyone else has seen nothing in this kid or I'm a genius and I've seen something in this kid and no one else has and she did really well. Um, so with that being said, uh, what happens next for you? Like as far as the, the recruitment interest, it's Georgetown jump on board and then everybody else starts noticing? Um, it was the kind of thing where, well, that game in 2012, um, I didn't know who he was. Okay. <laughs> My coach afterwards was like, oh, you know, he coaches Georgetown. That still didn't like resonate with me. It was. I had forgotten that when I reached out to Georgetown. I only visited Georgetown because my mom right. did her grad work there. Um, and then I reached out to the coaches, but I completely forgot about that until he brought it up when I visited. Um, and he gives me such crap about <laughs> sitting in the cold when it could have been in Alabama. And I'm like, Dave. I, you he, made it he worth it. He tells all the recruits that, though. Okay. Um, well, that's the sacrifices of college coach. Um, <laughs> transition to, to college year. 2014, I think, was your freshman season, mm -hmm. if that's correct. Um, 
Liz appeared in all 22 games, started the final 16 in all Big East rookie selection, recognized among the top freshmen in college soccer by Top Drawer Soccer, uh, part of a back line that recorded 11 shutouts during the season, a Big East academic all-star. Say all that to, to bring up, like, you made it look really easy going from high school to the college game, but I imagine it wasn't. It was not. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of challenges? Was, was it just the game faster? Or? Uh, yes, I had to get onto that, and just playing with a whole new set of people that already had mm. a rhythm going. You jump in and you try and figure it out as quickly as possible. And I was kind of thrown in the lineup because someone else got injured. Okay. So for the longest time, I wasn't training to be in, quote unquote, the starting lineup. Um, and then as this, this girl got injured and she had to sit for a couple games. But still, you had been a defender pretty much your whole yeah. career, so it's not like the position was new to you. No, but each coach does play it a little differently, like what they're looking to get out of you, whether it's um, d- distribution, how you play with the other center back, okay. how you play with your outside back. And I don't know, after that, that freshman season, obviously you want to improve going into the sophomore campaign. Um, do you do so with the idea in mind, like, okay, now I'm a starter, I have to do this right, I, I screwed this up as a freshman, I want to improve here? Uh, you always keep the teaching moments in the back of your mind. I try not to dwell on them that much. Okay. Like, know that you made a mistake, look at it, learn from it, avoid doing it again, but don't don't think about it too much, because then you, I don't know how other people are, but I get stuck in my head pretty easily, hmm. so... Um, what do you mean by that? Just like really hard on yourself. Yes. If you have a bad game or a bad day, it's it's even the little moments. Like if I have like a minute or two minute spell where I'm just like, mm. what am I doing right now? I have to take a deep breath. Because uh, I don't know, a lot of athletes I've had in here, I've learned like so much of those that are successful learn to if they make a mistake, you got to move on, forget about it, and think like it never happened. Whereas it sounds like you kind of still struggle with that. A little bit, yeah. How do you get past that? Like, what have you learned to... Is it just a matter of taking deep breath and forgetting about it? Is it... It, it depends how... I, I... After, like, my freshman, especially my sophomore year, when I had, like, the... They call it the sophomore slump. Um, after that, it's gotten a lot better where I might have maybe one of those moments in, like, three or four games as opposed to every game. I wouldn't call it a sophomore slump. Uh, started all 20 games in the back line as a sophomore and all Big East second-team selection, part of a defense that recorded five shutouts. Again, a Big East academic all-star. And uh, Georgetown, by the way, a Big East and NCAA tournament qualifier. Um, I wanted to ask you that as far as freshman sophomore year, too. As a defender, you really have to talk. I, I know that's kind of maybe falls more so on the goalie, um, but I didn't know now that you're in your second year, you got the, you know, you're no longer the rookie. You've been there for a little while. Do you kind of take on more of a vocal role at all? A little bit. The other center back I was with was still a senior, and okay. um, coming in the first year, she had taken the vocal role. So I was stepping up a little bit more, but I was still. Mm-hmm allowing the partnership the dynamic that we had before to kind of sit as it was right junior year um ends up being you know um, at least the the furthest the team makes it anyway mm-hmm. um for liz anyway all biggie second team selection started in all 26 games in the back line led the team in minutes played registered to assist during the season 
Georgetown, uh, Big East Conference champions, and reached the NCAA Final Four. As you look back on that season, um, I imagine it's probably one of the, the more memorable of, of your entire career. Like, what was that whole experience like getting to the Final Four? If you can wrap it up in a nutshell, or if there's anything that kind of stands out that, that you still hold in high regard in your mind. Um, I mean, it was a bunch of little moments. Like during our, before we had our Big East season, um, our regular season, huge wins against like Rutgers and Virginia. We came back um, at a, from a deficit, deficit of three, nothing to win or two, nothing to win three, two or something. Just like, who would have thought little Georgetown would pull out stuff like that? But we just had (laughs) such a persistence that year and we got things done we just got things done. There was no, like, if we were down, there was no letting up in our intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, we were pushing harder. You had mentioned your sophomore year, there was still a senior on the back line. So as a junior, were you like the most veteran of the group in the defense? That senior came back and did a grad year. Okay. Yeah, so she was still next to me okay. on the back line. <laughs> All right, that's fine. Um, yep. Hey, I'm wondering how it works, too, because the, the next uh, summer before your senior year at Georgetown, I guess would have been summer of 2017, so last last summer you played for the Lancaster Inferno? I did, yes. How does that, that work as far as, like, are you allowed? I guess, obviously, you're allowed to play like for a club program while also still being in college or whatever and yes as long as you're okay. not being paid okay as long as it's not um violating any NCAA um rules. and as far was that like your first technical like pro experience per se I know it's kind of semi-professional league or anything like that yes I would say so were you just like back home this time last summer just playing for Lancaster Inferno that was kind of like your staying in shape type of thing yep. basically doing um, an internship did that I don't know help you in any way as far as making you a better player to then going back to the college game or anything like that I mean it's always good to get a different perspective on the game like Mm -hmm. I said every coach has a little different take on how they want the team to play Mm -hmm. and even if it's the same formation they'll have little nuances that they throw in that you can always learn from um you had mentioned the internship last summer where was that at um, at Lids Mutual Insurance Company. Okay. And because uh, during college, this is, you know, obviously the, the academic, all academic um, for you anyway, and, and the classroom is obviously the most important part here too because you're a student athlete, at least during your time at Georgetown. Um, double major in marketing and management. Um, first off, what was the, the goal there? Or what is the dream job in mind for you? Um, it's shifted quite a bit since I came to Georgetown. I directly applied to Georgetown's McDonough School of Business, thinking that I wanted to be an international business major. That went out the door really quickly. Um, (laughs) uh, And then I got into marketing, and Georgetown does a really good job of showing you all aspects of the different majors that they offer. We all have to take um, beginner courses in all of them. And then in marketing, they give you, like, brand management, they give you the data analyst side of it, um, a little bit of advertising. So you get a taste of everything to really see where you want to push yourself. And um, I would love to do brand management after my soccer career is over. Okay. So uh, what 
the the internship last summer with Lids Mutual, like how did that apply to your major? What did you learn from it? Like, is that something that you wanted to do or was it more of an eye-opening experience as maybe this is not what it's for me or anything like that? Um, I was interested in getting to know what the insurance industry is all about. Like a couple of people in my family are in the insurance in- industry and it's always been this like vague idea kind of thing. Um, <laughs> I did, I worked in the marketing department and I went out on um, oh. marketing visits to visit um, insurance—not yeah. companies, but yeah. we went and made sure that people who were selling the product knew what the product was all about, what That's to sell awesome. the customers on. Along those lines, too, um, Georgetown is one of the more rigorous academic um, colleges in the whole country. Here you are, there. Here you are playing soccer. Here you are being a double major. How are you able to juggle it all? Because I think that's an important aspect for, for people out there to be successful, time management and whatnot. Maybe it comes just from your time, you know, from high school playing field hockey, soccer, and going to school. It comes a little bit from that, but also um, in college I learned to ask for help. Um, there's a lot of resources on campus, and they're not readily given to you. Like, they're not automatically given to you, but if you ask for any help at all, they'll they'll help you out wherever you need it, whether it's tutors, um, any sort of like career counseling, any other sort of counseling. Um, so walking in there, thinking that I had it all figured out from high school and my time <laughs> management, I didn't. Um, so learning my freshman year to ask for help, ask. Um, around ask my teammates when did you realize you didn't have it all together like was there a moment where you just became flustered or overwhelmed or your grades dropped or yes um it kind of started the end of my freshman spring into my sophomore year okay so just gradually figuring myself out (laughs) that year Um, so what do you change to to not screw up as much or or just to improve your time management like do you get a binder of like, here's what I'm doing at 10 a.m., here's what I'm doing at 12, I don't know, just give me an idea physically of what you're able to do, time management. I think for me, it, and it changes for everyone, for me, it's it was all about being more realistic about how much I was getting done, because when I had too much on my plate, mm. I would get even less than I should have been getting done, just because I was overwhelmed with what I had in front of me. Um, so it's just kind of simplifying what what I'm taking to the library to work on in a set of amount of time, taking more breaks, right. um, getting up and walking around, saying hi to people. And the reason I ask that, like, I don't know, maybe there's high school or college athletes who might listen to this and are struggling with that, so maybe they can hear it and think, like, oh, a light bulb would go off, and, like, oh, maybe I need to improve in that. So thank you for sharing that. Um, of course. Senior year at Georgetown, Liz started in 19 of 21 games. Georgetown allowed only seven goals all season. The Hoyas won the Big East tournament. Um, NCAA first round game, scoreless regulation, double overtime, ends up going the penalty kicks and you guys lose it there in penalty kicks, which is a tough way to go out. Um, awards that season, for Liz anyway, United Soccer Coaches, second team All-American selection, United Coaches, uh, United Soccer Coaches, All-Midwest Region first team selection. Oh, by the way, also the Big East Defensive Player of the Year. Um, and for her Georgetown career, finished with two assists on 78 starts and was among a, you know top back line those four years. So obviously, um, before we started recording here, you kind of just saying, like, I don't know, you never really expected to play pro ball or anything like that, and here you are, Big East Defensive Player of the Year, so you're among probably one of the best defenders, I guess what would be the class of 2018 anyway. Um, 
So fast forward to January 2018, Elizabeth was selected by the Boston Breakers in the National Women's Soccer League uh, college draft, seventh pick in the second round of the draft, um, 17th overall selection. I'll get to what happens next year in a bit, but just walk me through that night. Like, where were you at when you found out you were drafted? Um, I was, it was middle, middle of the afternoon. I was headed back to class. I watched the first, or no. Because it was second okay. round selection. That was the second yeah. draft. The first draft, I was in class. Right. Um, we were watching a documentary on the civil rights in a okay. dark classroom. My, I'm not the kind of person that like is right. watching something in class, but my friend next to me um, was streaming everything. And the first round went, I was kind of paying attention during the first round. I was like, I'm not going. If I am going, it's in the fourth round. Like I can just relax. It's going to be another hour until my name gets called, if it gets called. Um, out of nowhere, she whacks me with her forearm. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, it's your name. It's your name on the screen. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So her and I are quietly freaking out in a classroom full of people in the dark <laughs> while we're supposed to be quietly watching this serious civil rights Right. It probably didn't feel real at that that moment. I guess um, mm -hmm. things started sinking, and then boom! A few days later, a few uh, I don't know when it was exactly, but the Boston Breakers. A few days later, news breaks that they're folding as a program. Um, so Liz goes back and goes back into I guess what is a dispersal draft. Um, again, drafted this time by the Washington Spirit. Uh, he said. I guess, where were you at at that point? Um, I guess it was obviously real that, okay, I'm definitely going to be drafted because mm -hmm. I you know, got drafted the first time. So it comes around the second time for you. Well, and they did have the option not to pick up players. There were oh, players right. on the Boston Breakers that were free agents after that point and were able to go try out with another team. Okay. Um, but taken by the Washington Spirit. But then I was, like, doing my homework um, within the last 24 hours here. I'm like, well, she's not on the Washington Spirit roster. So what happened there? I practiced with them for a month, um, was juggling school. And as you mentioned, I wasn't expecting to get drafted coming into this spring. Um, it was kind of a maybe it'll happen, mm -hmm. but I'm planning to go abroad to play soccer. I was really interested in having that experience of yeah. like being in a different area, still playing soccer, but having an experience as well um so playing for the spirit it was that was also a great experience how many games did you play for them um none i was there oh, so you just for went to their the practices. exhibition okay. games and their first game are you able during that short window to get an idea of okay i definitely have the talent to hang at this level you think yes okay yeah um, so when, uh, so yeah, before we started recording here, Liz told me that she's headed, uh, overseas in about another month or so to play pro soccer in Switzerland, which will be the start of your soccer career. Uh, first off, how does that, that come about? Like, do you hire an agent? Do you know people over there? How do you find out about this opportunity? It's mostly through my college coach, Dave Nolan. Hmm. Um, he has contacts over there. He's some of my... A bunch of my former teammates have played in Germany, France, Switzerland. Um, so he just reached out to some of those to see if anyone was interested. And 
they were. And we've had um, a couple ladies in, in here over the last year or so, just as far as playing um, overseas, names escapes me right now, and she's going to kill me, and I'm sorry. Um, but I, I, I bring that up to say, like, that's – that's a possibility for you to go over there and at least make a living. Um, I don't know if like you have an idea, if you've asked others as far as like, okay, what's it like as far as the, the pro-life, are you able to make enough money to sustain yourself for X number of years or anything like, are you thinking that along those lines or? Well, the way that my situation is set up is that they pay for my housing and then they gave me a stipend every two weeks um, for other things. So they basically had me cover for housing and living, and then I paid for my own food. It's not a lot of extra money, right. so I'll learn to budget, but it's more about... What paying. language do they speak in Switzerland? Um, in the area that I'm in, it's Italian. Okay. So, and I'll be over there on a student visa learning Italian for the first bit. Will you, like, have a roommate? over there or are you going to be on your own kind of being able to communicate housing situation <laughs> is um either a house of 12 girls or an apartment with four girls so all right so you're not going to be completely no. alone and like i imagine there's some girls there who should know italian so maybe you'll be able to, yeah. to help out a little bit there um okay so there's some questions that don't really fit a timeline kind of fun questions um what was your forgive me for being ignorant of this i should have known that but jersey number um high school college career and is there any story behind it um high school oh man that was so long ago I think it was number four at Georgetown, right? It was four at Georgetown. Is just that the was number given you were given? Me. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if there was any story, like the number your mom wore in college no. or anything like that. Okay. Um, um, do you have any kind of superstitions before games or during games or after a game or anything like that? Like put on I, the left cleat before the right cleat or the same type of socks or do you write anything on your cleats or anything like that? Or For a while there, it was just pretty big superstition on my whole team to tape our left wrist okay. um <laughs> on my junior year we had um one of our assistant coaches grandmother grandfather died hmm. and our coaches father died within like a week of each wow. other so for the whole season we taped our wrists and um wrote their initials on our wrists that's the year before, that was the final four season yeah wow that's incredible. so we did that this year um one of one of my teammates broke her leg in one of the first games oh. so we did that for her okay and then i will probably carry that to the next thing just because i've gotten so used to it um and i know obviously the college career is behind you but can you kind of walk me through the routine on college game day like what are you doing before the game are you listening to certain kinds of music uh do you get out to the field like a certain time before the the first um the first game starts or anything like that like just kind of walk me through what that process is like for you. Um, so we get to the locker room about half an hour, 20 minutes before we have to be in the team room for our pregame mm. talk. Um, usually when, I'm in the when I was in the locker room, I would be listening to – my teammates make such fun of me for this, but I listen to, like, really chill music, like Passenger or Ed Sheeran. Okay. And they're like with just in to the try stereo. to stay like even keel, not to get too high, I guess. A little bit, but also that's just music. That I okay. to. <laughs> but my roommates are, my teammates are blasting music in the stereo, and I'm sitting in my locker, just like 
whatever works for you, yeah. right? Um, okay, so I was going to bring this up earlier, but this since we're kind of on the, along these lines, when you were younger, I was reading you danced tap, jazz, and ballet in middle school. You're also in gymnastics, and you were in Girl Scouts. Um, tap, jazz, and ballet, how often does that come back into play for you now, or do you have any special memories from those days? Um, just that I really, I still really like to dance. I stopped dancing because of middle school sports. Okay. There are some days when I regret that decision. Maybe I could have made it work. Right. Um, maybe when I'm done with soccer, I'll throw some dance classes into my workout routine. And, and Girl Scouts, um, oh man, the official term escapes me, the, the golden... The gold award. Yeah. Um, and for those who are unfamiliar, like how do you attain that in Girl Scouts? It's pretty similar to the... Um, highest Boy Scout Award. Okay. Uh, what's, yeah. I forget. That's escaping me now. Um, but you are you're in charge of creating a project that does good within the community. And your project was? I created a uh, directory for my high school for volunteer opportunities in Lydic. Oh, very cool. Don't look for it. It's not there anymore. <laughs> Part of the project was to hand it off, make it sustainable, and the people I handed it off to did not keep it up. Right. So. But the reason I bring that up, like, is there anything from either dancing or from Girl Scouts or even gymnastics that you still kind of like, that you realize today, like, I'm glad I learned that skill. This is where I picked it up from Girl Scouts or anything like that. Um, from Girl Scouts, definitely just making a plan and planning all the steps out and following through with it. Um, we, there were, there's three major awards in Girl Scouting over like right. your middle school and high school years and you slowly gain those skills until you can do it by yourself when you're doing your gold award all right um so if you have another month or so before you leave for switzerland like what you're obviously back home in lancaster now um you came in here you had this uh i don't know it looks like a foot tall uh bottle of water so obviously being an athlete you're trying to stay hydrated but like what what does your schedule consist of what's the training routine are you doing any kind of special diets or anything like that um no special diets just mom's home cooking which is awesome <laughs> that i don't have to cook for myself um training wise i do something for six out of seven days. So whether it's a long run or I'll do sprints on the field or I'll go for a bike ride. Okay, very yeah. cool. Um, all right, so this is kind of the point of the podcast where I like to ask guests, like, is there any, um, I don't know, either driving philosophies that you live by or anything like mistakes that you've made that you've learned from your life? Because I'm curious, we all go through struggles in life. Maybe there's somebody out there right now who's going through it. I'm curious if you have any advice for them or if there's anything like that you think has made you successful um, that you kind of want to share with us. Um, I would say just lean on the people around you. Like there were mm. moments when some of my teammates, uh, my coach can be brutally honest, my college mm. coach. Um, and for some people, it hits them a little hard some days. And it's it was really helpful to have people around that were like, it's okay, like you're gonna be fine. This is just one day, you're gonna learn from this and move on, that kind of thing. Right, did, did the, that was probably a learning process for you maybe early on, like did you, were you on the other end of that sometimes? A little bit, I having brothers, that kind of stuff didn't, affect oh, me quite as okay. much um 
but just seeing it for others. Right. And it was really interesting this spring when I stepped out of my role as on the team, um, but still went to practice. Mm-hmm. Hearing the same things that my coach said to me my freshman in my sophomore year of college, saying them to the new center back who's a freshman this year. Because <laughs> like, you were in, in there. So are yeah. you talking to that freshman after like, practice like, hey, it's going to be okay or anything yes, like that? Yes, a little bit. <laughs> All right. Um, well, hey, if you guys enjoyed listening to today's podcast, and you'll probably enjoy listening to the previous 84 episodes, so feel free to go back and check those out in the archives. Just last week, we chatted with Hempfield alum Andrew Yoder. He's now among the best Ironman competitors in the world, and he makes a living locally by training folks for triathlons with his Yoder performance business. Um, next week, we'll be chatting with Todd Mealy. He's a former Penn Manor football coach, now the current Lancaster Catholic football coach. He's also a teacher, father, and an author. Um, he's dropping by mainly to chat about his new book, um, which is about a uh, famous Penn State football player from the early 1900s that nobody's ever really heard of. But it's, I just started reading it. It's an awesome book, and I'm looking forward to that conversation. With that being said, I'm always looking for any, uh, any suggestions for future guests on the show. So if you're listening to this and think, hey, I know this person, they'd be great, throw me an email, jwalk at lnpnews.com, or contact me on the Twitter at jwalklmp. Along those lines, make sure to uh, let Andrew know when MLS season wraps up that he's more than welcome to come in here. He's been on my list forever. I actually had uh, Zarek Valentine uh, in here a couple months back. He was great. Um, But then again, I don't know. I think I met Andrew, um, yeah, when Chad Wanger is, I imagine, I guess he's your cousin. Mm -hmm. Um, When Lancaster Catholic boys basketball team was making a run to the league title two years ago, I guess Andrew was back home during the winter and got to at least shake his hand and say hi a little bit. But I don't know if he's as talkative as you are. Is he a little bit more reserved and quiet? He can be reserved. Okay. All right. Well, maybe (laughs) never mind then. Um, Last thing for you, is there anything to promote that, like, people can find you anywhere, either on Twitter, Instagram, or anything like that? Um, I am on Twitter and Instagram. I don't post much on either of them, but you're welcome to follow me. Um, I'm trying to look it up as we were talking here. At Elizabeth Wanger. Mm -hmm. Easy enough. For both. Yep. Cool. Before we wrap up here, I just want to give a shout out to my colleagues, Tyler Huber and Irene Snyder. They are the engineers slash producers of this thing. Thanks to another colleague, Claudia Espenshade. She gets this thing online. So thanks to them. Thanks to you guys for listening. Liz, thanks for uh, sharing your story. Of course. Thanks for having me. Awesome.